everybody, welcome back to Fresh Out the Podcast. I am the board game guru and game master extraordinaire, Jahananan. I'm Casualty CDG. I'm a retired child crimes and human trafficking detective turned tabletop titan and improv comedian. Uh, usually I'm doing co-hosty stuff, and today, tonight, I'll be doing co-hosty stuff, which is a nice change of pace. And I am the professional media and movie mastermind, The Fun House, Drew Munhausen. And I just found out that uh, Jahan's mom watches or listens to uh, the show. And so I want to say hi, Jahan's mom. Uh, <laughs> can, you say her, can you say her name live on air? Mm, Bridget. Yeah, if you want to. Hey, Bridget! Hi, Bridget. <laughs> I said it. Uh, and... I'm going to hit y'all with a random question, not part of this discussion. And the question is, if you were a Transformer, what vehicle would you transform into? Ooh. Go. Ooh. Uh, mm, either a submarine or a spaceship. Good mm, okay, I didn't say I didn't say it had to be a land vehicle. You did so not. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, good, you really, good call. You really shot yourself in the foot there. <laughs> I'm, I'm, actually, I'm talking like this needs to be it might not necessarily be what you want to be but what based on your personality oh i'd be a what, dump truck what would you be yeah <laughs> oh, oh come on <laughs> no not like a garbage dump truck like a earth dump truck the good kind i also thought of a trash truck when you said that <laughs> <laughs> i know you said dump truck but i'm thinking of a trash a truck. truck that's funny though <laughs> Uh, I don't know, man. I like the idea of being like a like a SWAT Bearcat van, like what like an armored van, or maybe a construction vehicle, like a bulldozer or a, a crane with a with a wrecking ball on it. Good answer. Good answer. I thought for myself, uh, maybe an ice cream truck, but then I'm scared that's a little too oh. creepy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you, sweet I, tooth? Then, then I think from a realistic standpoint, and sadly, like, I would probably be a PT cruiser or something. Oh, wow. <laughs> just, you know. Just can you be, realistic here. is it too much if we ask if you can be two uh, mini Coopers? Oh, you're, uh, so two? Like, yeah, can you they... be, can you be both of them? Yeah. And then they turn into an Autobot, but like, you know, you can't drive too far apart from each other. Is there the, this? Is there a transformer that does that? That turns into two separate things, and they have to come together to become the robot. Is that a thing? It's, uh, I don't know. That's, that's awesome, though. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know enough about transformers. There's some. I, I deep don't think cut, there is, but the transformers have been around since the '80s, man. There are some deep cut transformers, and so I wouldn't be surprised if there were a two pot two part transformer. I want to be a squad of of Mini Coopers. Like, why not? Why not? Like, okay, three or four look, man. I told you you could be two. How did this jump into a fucking squad? How are you because a fleet you got, of cars? One's your leg. One's the other leg. One's an arm. One's the other arm. You know, one's just... driven by Charlie's Theron. One's driven by Marky Mark, uh, and they're all stealing gold from Edward Norton. <laughs> That's easily so, Edward Norton's best performance. To everybody who tuned in to this podcast. Ready to, to hear thoughts on the Suicide Squad, but instead got uh, what Transformer we would be. You're welcome. You're welcome. First off. And uh, I guess that's, the, you know, the main event of today is the, the Suicide Squad. As a friend of ours has been quick to point out, if you say just Suicide Squad, he's there's a friend of Gary and I that has been quick to correct that this is the Suicide uh, Squad. Well, I think that our friend Connor, friend of the show, can... 
eat an entire bag of dicks on that front. Uh, <laughs> if you go to Twitter, it's trending as hashtag Suicide Squad 2, not The Suicide Squad. And only America can choose what the movie's called. Uh, if this beach was covered end-to-end in dicks, I would eat every last one of them for liberty. <laughs> <laughs> So one of our viewers was uh, said that Drew, you would be a beetle, a super cute, adorable, also like a little punch buggy. I, I can't argue. I'm like, yeah, okay, okay, sure. sure. <laughs> the people's car, uh, Volkswagen. <laughs> uh, so I before we talk about suicides, the Suicide Squad, right? Suicide Squad Two. Did you guys have you guys seen Birds of Prey? Yes. I saw it in theaters right before the pandemic. It's one of the last movies I saw in theaters before the pandemic hit. So I've been talking to a lot of people who have seen Suicide Squad 2 or The Suicide Squad and loved it. And they have not seen Birds of Prey. And yeah, I would say you need to. There's a lot of really funny stuff in Birds of Prey that you're missing out on. There's a lot of Harley Quinn quips and, and things and there is a scene-for-scene scene joke in Suicide Squad that is very funny, but it's even funnier if you've seen uh, Birds of Prey, which is are we are we free to talk spoilers yet? Uh, I'm trying I'm trying to think of what scene you're talking about. So me too. It's the um, so that's what I was saying. Are we free to talk spoilers? It's when she's she escapes right. She escapes herself, and in both movies there's an escape scene where she escapes all by herself. And then the team shows up to come save her <laughs> as she's out of the building already. And they're like, they run by and she sees them and they're like, wait, are you? And she's like, oh, did you come here to save me? I can go back inside if you want. <laughs> she does it to both teams in both movies. I guess movies. I forgot that that was a moment in Birds of Prey. <laughs> yeah. And that I did when, it, when it happened, I was watching it with Justin and he burst out laughing. And I was like, bro, that's even fucking funnier because this shit's already happened once. That's just like, you know, when you go to save Harley, she's already fucking saved herself. She already got out of the situation. Uh, and it's... Just, it's more Harley, it's great, it's absolutely, it's better than Suicide Squad, better than the first one. So you, so, well, first off, you watched Birds of Prey, I guess, as kind of your homework before the Suicide Squad? So Is that I watched happened? Birds of Prey maybe six or seven months ago, and I'm just now finding out a lot of people did it. They just skipped it, because DC movies are inherently bad, and why the fuck would you watch one that's probably going to be bad? And it wasn't bad. It was very good. It was very no, good. I like. I remember thinking it was good. Um, yeah. I, I yeah, I thought it. it was great. Yeah, I heard. I actually heard good things about it because I was one of those people who's like DC movies suck. Uh, the first Suicide Squad movie sucked donkey balls. Uh, and Birds <laughs> of Prey with the same Harley Quinn was really good. Uh, I liked it. I actually I should have watched Birds of Prey before the Suicide Squad, but I didn't. I actually own Birds of Prey on 4K UHD disc. I think I got it Black Friday last year, and I think it's still in the plastic wrap and everything. So, <laughs> well, for those of you who didn't buy Birds of Prey on 4K Blu-ray last year or whatever, uh, it's on HBO Max. You can watch it on HBO Max, and while I've got your attention. A one of our user, one of our viewers popped in and says, Drew, I heard you wasted good money seeing Snake Eyes in a movie theater. 
who hurt you so badly that you needed to do that to yourself? I actually, okay, that, that's fair. And that was I in actually, last week's episode of the podcast, but, uh, you know, people, they want to know. I have the the Regal Unlimited subscription, so I pay monthly to be able to go see Unlimited movies, and so I had a free night. I went, and I don't, th- I think I spent money on a soda that night, so to be fair... I have my subscription. Yeah. I get full use out of it, so I end up seeing things like, uh, like Snake Eyes, GI Joe Origins, and uh, yeah. So that's my that's my defense. <laughs> take it. I'll take um, it. Okay, so we well, got okay, the birds so- of prey. So I'm giving it a thumbs up. Jahan gives it a thumbs up. Drew gives it a thumbs up. Go watch it. Uh, we can talk about Suicide Squad now. I just wanted to make sure that Certified there's a quick- fresh out the box. It is. It really is. And it, it's one of the ones that got kind of swept under. There's some great melee kills. Harley Quinn uses her hammer. There's a full funhouse scene. Like, it's got everything that you can want. And it's, it's very- I love the story of Birds of Prey. She uh, she finally is breaking free. She realizes that the Joker is a bastard and that he doesn't love her. And she's, like, going for... Uh, she's becoming independent. Uh and like the first one of the first things she does, she goes and buys a special breakfast sandwich, uh, and then that leads down <laughs> this rabbit hole. Uh, and it's just it's a great story. I, I like it a lot. So let's so let's jump to the current right now. So okay, so what y'all think before we get full of spoilers? What did y'all think in general of the Suicide Squad? Uh, in in as few words as possible, I've already watched it twice. I have also already watched it twice. Uh, I liked it better the second time. Uh, I, yeah, I, I definitely like it. I like it. Go watch it for sure. Uh, just in a, in a word, yes. It sounds like, based on your tone, Jahan, you probably feel about it the same as me, which which I liked it a lot. I think that this is, this is going to be one of those movies where... Um, Obviously, it's a hard R. It's very violent. Um, you know, it definitely earned its R rating. And so there's probably a lot of dude bros out there that'll be like, yeah, this is the best superhero movie ever. <laughs> you know, whatever. There's going to be those guys out there. And I don't think it's that. But I, I thought it was I thought it was very fun. I thought, you know, it was definitely super enjoyable. It was very fun. Um, I laughed definitely a lot. the Suicide Squad movie. I think we all wanted the first time around. Yes. Um, so I from that standpoint, it's very satisfying. I wouldn't say that the movie has like I don't. Know, I guess it has no twists, right? There's, it's just a superhero movie. As much as any superhero movie has a twist, there's no big like plot twists. But there are so many action sequences where the next thing that happens sure isn't what you were expecting to happen. And just when you think that they've dialed it up to 10, then they dial it up to fucking 10 and a half, and then one more time up to 11, and then it gets dialed up to 12, and then by the end of it, you're, like, laughing out loud at how fucking stupid the climax is. And it's by, <laughs> it's totally by design. It, it's absolutely on purpose. It's so fucking funny. It, and it, besides being... It, it's It's funny... It's well edited. It's put together great. Some of the timing on some of those jokes are just fucking immaculate. Some of the cinematic, uh, <clears throat> like some of the just the visuals. Some of the scenes are shot very artistically and very beautifully as well. Uh, like one of the scenes where they're getting out of uh, the the bus, uh, and it's just like a straight on shot. They're shrouded in like white like mist, and it's just like this isolated shot. It's very pretty. I don't know. It's very. I like a lot about it. 
No, I agree. Then it's it's colorful. It keeps moving. There's a lot of different locations, so it, it definitely keeps it going. I thought it lagged a little bit, maybe in the middle part, as Agreed. it's kind of connecting. Yeah. But um, but that's not. I mean, that's a pretty minor. So I think at the end of it, I really liked it and said we are about twelve minutes too long. Uh, it was a good movie, but it was about twelve minutes too long, which isn't which a that, lot. I could totally fucking deal with that. That it's, goes right in line with the middle <laughs> lagged a little bit to me. Yeah. There's a cut of that movie that you remove about twelve minutes, and it's mm-hmm. and it's even better. For yeah, sure. I, I think so. Um, Idris Elba was dope as fuck. What a front man. Uh, he, Margot Robbie. As far as I'm concerned, I'm, I don't want to say she can do no wrong. I haven't seen every Margot Robin movie, but she's fucking fire, dude. Um, oh, she she's great as Harley Quinn. I mean, she, especially as a, a role like that, anybody taking that role, I feel like it's a big risk because it's a, a it's always been a popular character in the comics, and so, and I think that that fans are happy with her performance. So that's that's really the so, highest praise you can get. For, I mean, that, uh, she's so popular. popular. She's so- from. Animated show, right? She was created for the was, Batman animated show. She is yes. not, yeah, she is not created in the comics. She came from the '90s Batman animated television show. Most of us were watching that when we were kids. I mean, all three of us were, anyways. Ooh, and God, I, yeah. I think that Margot Robbie does a better live version of Harley Quinn than the original cartoon version that we all came to. It's definitely to know comparable about. and. To her credit, uh, a lot of people like consider her costume in the movies like more canon uh, by the day. It seems like that, like they want to see it in the games. They want to see it like all over the place. They love this version of Harley. And in, in this Suicide Squad, her hair was black and white, right? It wasn't blue and pink, or was it? No, I think it's still blue and pink. It might be black and red in this movie. Yeah, black and red. And also, so I like that they homage her old costume. She has a tattoo uh, that kind of has that like classic Harlequin costume quality on it. Uh, you might, it should, yeah, might have gone nice above that. She's, uh, she's able to change her colors. She's able to change her outfit, and she still maintains such an iconic look. Mm-hmm. Um, I just enough can't be said for this movie. King Shark was hilarious every time uh, when. <laughs> So we, we're talking spoilers, right? We all agreed to talk spoilers. So King Shark, mm-hmm. he's in the aquarium, which what a great scene, him playing in the aquarium with all the jellyfish. Then he gets attacked by jellyfish piranha and is totally outnumbered and getting torn apart and then falls out of a skyscraper like 60 stories onto cement mm-hmm. and then gets open fired on by like three squads of soldiers with ARs, and then he just gets up and starts eating people. Like, what in the hell? That is awesome. That's some incredible Hulk level. I love King Shark. I love him, love him, love him. I thought he was adorable. Should we just go ahead now and say, if we're going to really talk about some of the characters and their moments of the movie, let's just go ahead and say from here on out, spoiler warning, you know, the week that this Absolute audio spoiler. is coming out, you should have had a week to watch it if you're tuning in live on the stream. You know, you know what you're getting in yourself into. Spoilers um, for the Suicide Squad. Yeah, I got the big logo up on the screen now. Spoiler alert. Uh, yeah, no, I loved King Shark. He was, I thought, I thought he was, somehow they made him cute. He was adorable. He had like this very cute quality. He kind of, he kind of reminded me of like a chubby toddler. 
because he's just kind of like <laughs> awkward and fat and like you know dumb. Uh, and I he's thought he's He's got the book upside we... down when they first come in, and he's just looking at it just to seem smart. <laughs> I read good, so smart. <laughs> I, I think it's safe to say King Shark is the Groot of the Suicide Very, Squad. Yeah. James Gunn obviously did the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. He made Groot a household name. People love him. And King Shark kind of plays the same role here, except he's ultra-violent and likes to eat people. <laughs> He can say more oh. words, but he can communicate less efficiently. Uh, it's kind of funny. Right. And it's Sylvester yeah, Stallone great. does the voice as well. I love that aspect of it, too. His <laughs> voice is perfect for it. I love that James Gunn got Sylvester Stallone to do this role and be a man-shark thing that, that can barely speak intelligible sentences. I think that adds to the humor of him. I think he's wonderful. Absolutely. No complaints about King Shark. So, so I'll say this about the movie. So, you know, we said before there weren't really any twists or turn, you know, necessarily. But I, I would disagree just in the sense of the beginning. So obviously this movie had a huge cast and there were trailers that came out from Comic Con, whatever, that went through all the different actors and who they're playing. The movie opens up on Michael Rooker and his character as, uh, gosh, what's his Savant, thank you. And so it almost makes you think like, oh, okay, are we going to see this movie through Savant's eyes? Is Michael Rooker a main character in this movie? And, <laughs> and he's dead in the first 10 minutes after that huge action scene. There are so many of the characters that were featured in the promotion and marketing that all die <laughs> in the first 10 minutes, which we all knew that some of these people exactly. were going to die. It gave sure. me big Deadpool 2 vibes, right? Whenever he's putting together his team and they all die <laughs> on the way in. Whenever yeah. you see the cast yeah. for this movie, you just know. Like, you know that that's going to happen, that everyone's going to fucking die. And yeah. they did a great job, even when you know that. Seeing, seeing, you know, uh, Nathan Nathan Fillion and Pete <laughs> Davidson and, and Michael Rooker, Rooker and, yeah. and all these people who who were just dead before the movie even really starts, um, had me had me laughing pretty hard. I really thought that Weasel was going to get up, be the one that got up from that fight. Uh, that that happens later. <laughs> at the end of the movie which made me laugh but um no i just thought that was kind of a twist in itself the main team throughout the movie really ended up surprising me um like Ratcatcher 2 being such a primary character of the team and i kept and I actually waiting really for her. taika man i was just waiting for taika waititi i was on the edge of my seat i was like maybe he was a fucking weasel like maybe he's dead already and that's what they did with him uh, I had to look it up afterwards and saw that Sean Gunn is Weasel, and he, of yeah. course, does the, the rocket motion capture on set for yes. Guardians. And he was also Calendar Man. He, yes, he got, I saw that. I yes. saw that. I caught that. And so I, was, I, I was pumped that he was Calendar Man. I saw the the months. So I was like, oh, that's great. I was glad to see Sean Gunn. And I have to imagine that those two brothers working together uh, in the, the way that Weasel moves <laughs> around in the way that you'd have to move around holding a fake rocket raccoon wearing a green bodysuit. I have to imagine that Sean Gunn just doesn't mind making a total ass of himself and is just so fun to work with. It, and the two brothers working together, it just seems like such a blast. And maybe I'm wrong, but they, they work together a lot and his performances are very funny. So Taika was 
rat catcher, right? That's he was right. the original rat catcher. He ended up being rat show catcher. Was the original rat catcher. Yeah, they, they did show him. Uh, so they show him early on when she's talking about her dad, but you can't really tell it's him unless you're really looking. Uh, and they show him. He actually has lines later on, and then you're like, oh, there he is. I, uh, I also, um, I liked the, cause it's kind of a nod to comic books. Cause this is a thing that happens in Marvel and DC where a character, if a hero or a villain takes over the mantle from somebody else. And so kind of like on the side, it's rat catcher too, you know, really in the comics there, there'll be just the rat catcher, but in, you know, if you look them up on Wikipedia or something, it might say Ratcatcher 2 because they're not the first to have that name. And so I loved that the movie was kind of in on the joke that they refer to her as Ratcatcher 2, that she's not the original Ratcatcher, because that's just kind of a like a nod to comics in general, which I thought was, I appreciated. Yeah, definitely. No, I like all the characters. I like how uh, he highlights all these obscure characters. Uh, I don't, I'm not a big, uh, I don't get that deep into comics. I'm not like, digging in those back uh, issues and finding all these weird characters, but I'm glad you get to see them in this. Um, the orange lady was funny, uh, jumps on the helicopter. TDK was hilarious. Um, I was, I was <laughs> dying. Like, what does TDK mean? It means me. <laughs> his, his light slap, light yeah, slaps. He, like, his, he, mobile arms. his arms come off and they float all weird over there. And then he's just kind of happy. He doesn't have super strength or anything. So they're just normal disembodied arms. Uh, and then the part where they start shooting his arms and he can feel it. I was dying. He was on the floor like, ah, my arms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, on the floor just squirming back and forth with no arms. <laughs> <laughs> what a great cameo. For uh, Nathan Fillion, absolutely, yeah. and that's just and that's just the first act, man. It's it continues to build and grow. Uh, the way that they do the scene transitions, where it's the you know the titles of the different acts worked into the backgrounds. It's cheesy, like it's cheesy, and it's fun. Um, yeah, some of the ways they did that were really creative too. I thought that was well done. Michael Rooker's blood, <laughs> fire, yeah, all kinds of stuff. Uh, one of the things, so I heard that Pete Davidson, when he was like reading the script or whatever, he saw what his character's uh, like name is. His name is Richard Hertz, and he was like, "Oh yeah, sign me up. <laughs> I'm a dick joke. I'm in." <laughs> and like, that's really funny to me. Well, and some of these things, like, um, I think there are some people that, like, in the film community, get a bad rap. Like uh, Pete Davidson, I think, has been the butt of a lot of jokes. Um, same thing with Jai Courtney, who plays Captain Boomerang. And so seeing these guys just get <laughs> completely annihilated in the first 10 minutes, I thought was kind of part of the joke also. Like, yeah, we're giving you what you want. Like, here's Pete Davidson legitimately just getting shot in the face. I mean, it was so gruesome. good. I <laughs> love Pete Davidson. Yeah, I love too. King of Staten Island. And I love the other one that's exactly like it that has a different name. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I saw that one. I know which one you're talking about. I can't yeah, he's the, the best thing that's happened to SNL in a long time. I love his character on SNL, the, the Chad character, who mm. just does, like, the one-word answers. <laughs> and totally, like, you know, he just doesn't sell whatever scene is going on. People are having romantic conversations with him. And he's just like, cool. Okay. Yeah, I definitely like the, the opening so, with this big action scene. All this stuff goes down. And then they're like, oh, but actually, here's Team 2. 
and yeah, I love King Shark. No, no um, adversaries as they arrive on the beach because because of, <laughs> of the... Davidson's character tipping them off. So they just come completely unopposed when the entire other team, with the exception of Harley Quinn, get wiped out and Rick Flag. Yeah, uh, definitely. I loved John Cena's performance. Man, I was surprised that he's like a third lead in the movie. Like he has a he lot of time. Yeah, he's actually I... big, big in the movie. So I thought that John Cena's character would be one of the characters that died in the first 15 minutes. I also assumed and, that. And when he didn't, I thought that he was going to be the next character to die every 10 minutes until the <laughs> end of the movie. And then once he finally died, I watched the post-credits scene. And then Justin told me that they are making an HBO Peacemaker show. Which yes. I initially, when he told me that, we were watching the credits and we were like, well, I guess it's going to be a prequel. And we were like, wait till we see if there's an after credits scene. And then there was an after credits scene. So I don't know if the show's going to be a prequel or a sequel, but I can say I'm excited to see more John Cena's Peacemaker. I, I completely agree. I thought it was odd when they announced that, because they announced that Peacemaker show a while back, like months ago. And that surprised me. So, A, that they would announce it so far before the Suicide Squad came out. Like, we don't even know if the Suicide Squad's any good So that sh at that time. So that shows that they were pretty confident in the movie early on. Yeah. But also that confident in his character to yeah. give him his own show. But no, after watching it, I'm like, yeah, it's completely warranted. I will, <laughs> I will completely, I'll totally watch a, a, a Peacemaker show with John Cena. His character was great. James Gunn's supposedly doing some of the writing for the show, which is really great news. He's not going to direct it, so that's I'm kind of iffy on that. And I don't think it was Peacemaker that made the movie great. He was just part of the great ensemble, so I would love to see them use more silly, wacky characters and put Peacemaker in these really funny fucking situations. Um, I, I hope they'll do it right. I think they'll do it right, but it so also has big spot for failure he wasn't the, the he, he didn't make the movie by any means so like i'm gonna be completely honest i was ready to like kind of crap on this movie a bit uh until i watched it the second time and i was like you know what oh this is really good uh i, I definitely liked it better the second time but one of the things that james gunn uh is like hailed for doing in guardians is taking these like silly characters keeping this air of human uh, uh humor and then delivering, like, deeper character development somehow. Like, he always does it. And Peacemaker, I actually feel at the end of the show, actually was pretty fleshed out because um, he started off so cheesy and so silly and everything he said was just really dumb. Uh, you know, uh, Starfish is a code name for butthole. You think there's any connection? Uh, that kind of thing. Like, I didn't think anything was going to come, but at the end of it, like, I actually, there was actually some good character there um at the end of it and with you in general jahan like i was about maybe a third of the way through or close to midway through and i was thinking man i just feel like everybody's gonna love this and i'm not loving it right now like it's mm -hmm. fine but you know am i gonna have to be the one that's controversial and poo-poos on this movie when everybody <laughs> loved it but by but by the end of it i i was sold on it i like i you know i don't think it's the greatest super movie of all time, but no. I thought it, I, I thought it was, it was very enjoyable and y'all have both watched it twice. Like you said, I probably will watch it again just because it's on HBO Max. Well, let me, let me call it one and a half times because I watched the whole thing and my wife fell asleep right as they were getting out of the van with all the white rain that John was talking about that beautiful shot. And so the next day 
she wanted to watch it, so I fired it up at that scene again and then rewatched that act from The White Rain onwards. So I didn't watch all of the beginning and some of the slower stuff <laughs> that we had talked about. I just watched the action-packed final act. I watched it all the way through twice, and yeah, it, de- it definitely drags at that exact, like, right before that scene a bit. Like, that's where I feel like there's a wall. So the first time I watched this movie, and Starro erupted from the base, uh-huh. I found myself laughing out loud. It looks I silly. was, I was too. Okay, good. Yeah, it's exactly right. So, so it's not just me. the The bad guy is a giant. One, one of the bad guys is a is a fucking starfish kaiju. For lack of a better term, it's a starfish kaiju, and he moves like he's made out of gooey softness, and he kind of wobbles around when he moves. He doesn't quite stand straight because you know when he stands on one leg, he's a starfish. <laughs> And it just drags through buildings. It doesn't destroy them in a cool way. It's a very funny villain. The color scheme they picked is so uh, loud against the rest of the environment. It's very just colorful movie. It's so perfect. It's such a big, dumb, funny fucking monster. Uh, and the way they take it down and continue to fight it is just as fucking funny. Uh, the whole time we're waiting to... When you, when you right. have a character with rat catching powers the sky is the limit right so we were all waiting for it yeah i was surprised it didn't happen sooner I, nah man so for me one of the big <laughs> things that kept making me laugh was polka dot man polka dot man uh, killed he was great me. he was great killed me he was so the joke of imagining all the enemies being his mother Dude, got laughs for me <laughs> when they started showing everybody as his mother i i lost it like because, you know, he's, he says, yeah, I just imagine people as my mom, then it's easy to kill them. It's like, wow, that's fucked up. And then the next time he's looking at people, he's looking at the squ- the Suicide Squad, and they're all their characters, but as his mother. Uh, like, even King Shark is like a shark version of his mother. And it's so funny. And then the scene in the middle, in the club, he's like dancing, having a good time, and then, like, the camera rotates and it comes back and everyone's his mom dancing with him. And it's so goddamn funny. When he, in the final act, of course, the, he has his big hero moment where he, where Starro is destroying the street and Polka Dot Man blasts Starro's in, in the leg. But he has to imagine Starro as his mom. So it's it's a <laughs> kaiju of this old woman with big, fat, wrinkly, saggy arms. Sorry to the actress, but, uh, you know, big old arm fats, smashing buildings, gets her ankle blasted off by polka dots. Slow motion, trip and fall. It's a moment that I, like, it's hard to imagine how hard it is to achieve something like that in a movie and have it work. Because that guy shot his giant mother in the foot with polka dots. And it was good. When you have a big ensemble cast like that, it's hard for it to really work. And and, and I feel like they managed to give enough enough depth to all of them to to make it worthwhile. Like, you know, each I feel like the payoff for each character really worked mm. um, great. And yeah, I think like looking at some of the the people in the cast, like Idris Elba is awesome, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he his character is very similar to um you know, Will Smith plays Deadshot in in the first original Suicide Squad, and then yeah. Idris Elba plays Bloodsport in this one. They're very similar characters, but still, like, 
Bloodsport and Elba's performance was just everything you kind of wanted from Will Smith's. Like he, he just had brought more charisma to it or something. I don't know. I just thought he was a great leader. For... I think he brought less of himself. I think that yeah. was. Uh, yeah. Because Will and Smith Mar- is often Will Smith in roles. And Margot's great as Harley Quinn. And I thought her big escape scene in the middle of the movie that gives her so good, you know, kind of a good highlight and her, her, kicking ass to get out of there i thought that was all really well choreographed good action like i was one of the one of the better action scenes to me i just thought that worked really well um we talked about cena you know oh my yeah, god I, yeah it was it was it was solid cena was great uh when he's standing there in his underwear and like he's like why are you in your underwear like uh, that was really funny uh and then in the beginning when she describes uh what's her name the, the prison warden, uh, Waller, when she's describing Bloodsport, and then she goes and describes Peacemaker like the same way, and he got, uh, Idris got all mad. It was pretty funny. Um, I def she is very good as Waller. Um, cause that character, yeah. she's a good character. Um, I totally buy the, I totally buy her shtick. I buy the character. Uh, I buy her being in charge and being in power and being ruthless and uh, ruthless. Edge man, I buy it. I totally buy that character. I love it. Yeah, she's a great cast. And I can't believe I find myself just wanting more polka dot man though. That <laughs> I want to read that like a polka man, uh, polka dot man comic. I think that might be the reason James Gunn made the movie. Just for polka dot man, maybe. Oh, this reminded me of something. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I'll find it later. We can talk about it later, or we can gloss over it. But HBO gave Trace Parker and Matt Stone, Trace Stone and Matt oh Parker, my God, oh, the yeah, deal yeah. of the gave them a shit ton of money to make a bunch of South Park content. And I can't help but think, after watching Suicide Squad two and all of the Guardians movies, that HBO or Netflix or Hulu or whoever it is would be very well served to give James Gunn a fuck ton of money to make them a bunch of movies. And I don't really care who does it, but I think that we're getting there. That that should happen. Instead of the South Park guys, by James Gunn. <laughs> but is that an option? Let's make that deal happen. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, we know that James Gunn's back on the Marvel yes. payroll because he's making Guardians 3 and he's doing that Guardians holiday special that are, you know, <laughs> in the future. So I, you know, I don't know if There's... anyone, cause I've, I started to have this debate with myself in my head. If anybody would leave Marvel because of bad blood or they believe Disney because of bad blood in the past. And because of a more fruitful contract, it would probably be James Gunn because they cut him in the past and they brought him back. And I guess everything's fine, right? He got it. Everyone's good again. But there is, I'd like, I'd like to think, still that sour spot in his mind where he's like, you guys fucked me before. You cut me before for no reason. So if a better offer comes his way, I wouldn't hold it against him for accepting that. I, so I'm pretty sure they have, Disney has very strong contracts when it comes to working with uh, DC uh, from Marvel. Uh, I think the reason he was able to do so was because they cut him from their contract. Like, they broke the contract, so he was free. It was between him getting fired and rehired that, mm-hmm. they, that he signed on. So they rehired him, and he had already committed to, yeah. to the Suicide Squad. But I wonder and, now if, with the success of Suicide Squad, and now he is uh, a foot in with Marvel, like yeah. you said, he's got some contracts. When those are up, 
there he is successful on both sides now. Yeah. So if it came to a bidding war, I could see him potentially telling Disney, thank you for the opportunity, and I'm going to go over there and play with, you know, my own creative freedoms. But it's he seems to have everything he wants at both places. I just want to see how it plays out. <laughs> I, I agree. I, as much as I love the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, and I would want another Guardians movie, sure, great that it's going to be James Gunn doing the next one, but there is a part of me that's like, give it to somebody else and get james gunn away from marvel and just and get him away from dc too and let him go out and just make whatever he wants to make let him go do some crazy original passion project and see what he comes up with because i that's what was nice about this about the suicide squad is that at least it was james gunn doing something different than guardians of the galaxy even though it's similar you know it's a big team-based superhero movie it was different enough that it was refreshing in that sense. So there's a part of me that's like, man, I'd like to see whatever he could do away from superheroes. I, that's what I had thought when I first said, let HBO or somebody just give him a shit ton of money, right? Let him make his own world, let him make his own characters, his own movies, his own show, whatever he wants to do. Let him do something totally original. Yeah. And then Justin said, maybe it's, maybe he likes playing. Maybe he is one of those guys who digs the, the comic books from the back of the box. Maybe he does like playing with those obscure characters and giving Radcatcher to her her moment in yeah. the line. And well, let's... if that's the case, then he's a perfect fit for doing these types of movies with these obscure characters, and that may be his niche. And let's not forget, the Guardians of the Galaxy were obscure characters, mm. and he's now made them household, household names. names. And now that's how it's going to be. The fact that King Shark is now going to be, you know... Uh, that's going to be the popular character and it still just blows my mind with Groot and Rocket Raccoon and these other obscure characters yeah and they're so good I, yeah, I love the Guardians I'm glad that I got to know them because of James Gunn <clears throat> um, and Peacemaker is going to be more the same because that show is probably going to be a sleeping hit it's going to be an HBO violent comic book show and then it's going to get... be hilarious yeah, it's 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 gonna. This will all come back around. We'll be talking about James Gunn for a long time, I think, on this podcast. That scene where him and Bloodsport are competing in the camp to kill people is so. Funny. <laughs> and they get to the end of the camp, yeah, and everybody's oh my God. King Freedom Fighters. Oh shit! Oh, oh god damn it, dude! I was rolling. Holy shit! And yeah, another. First... That's what I was saying. The movie doesn't have what I would call <laughs> plot twists. But it has these action twists where the action scenes just don't end the way you would think they at would. all. Yeah, no, and it doesn't true. change the plot, and it doesn't change the story. But there's just always they. James Gunn just is able to take it to the next level and do something else with what you think is going to happen. My wife had not seen the first Suicide Squad or Birds of Prey, but watched. She was, saw the trailer for this. I was like, yeah, I'll watch it. But she absolutely did not know what she was getting into. Like she thought it was just going to be another comic book movie or superhero movie. So, so, you know, 15 minutes in, she's like, what the hell am I watching? You know, kind of had that res response. But by the end of it, she was into it. She was laughing. Uh, <laughs> I just remember when the, uh, the starfish <laughs> Kaiju, when he's stomping through the town at the end, he first kind of comes out and he, the way he's posed, you know, 
it's like legs and arms, but he's a starfish. But basically what it looks like from his armpit is where he starts shooting out all the little mini starfishes mm -hmm. that mind control people. <laughs> as soon as that starts happening, there's an audible, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> it's just so great. Like, But she she was totally on board with the movie uh, by the end. I think, I think 30 minutes into it, she was like, this is dumb. But by the end, she said that, yeah, that's pretty good. So got her seal of approval. Um, it is absolutely dumb, and it's self-aware that it's dumb, and it was self-aware that it was dumb before the script was even pinned. Uh, it's so very dumb in all the right ways, and like, this this gets this this is certified fresh out the box. Yeah, I'd yeah, say so. I agree. We've definitely in in my household been quoting <laughs> King Shark stuff from the past in the past twenty four hours since Head. watching. Exactly. I've definitely done that today. <laughs> no, uh, it's such a great... Yeah, it's, it's the kind of thing that's going to last and it's going to seep into society and people are just... It's just going to be one of those things. Uh, how'd you guys Is feel... It, how do you feel about the... Before we move, uh, how about uh, other rated R superhero movies? And where's where's this on the list of the other rated R superhero movies? Uh, so let's, uh, let's like not Deadpool go so better. far... Let's let's not go so far back as Blade because that's <laughs> that's too far back. But we'll, we'll count Logan. Logan's in the mix. That's a recent superhero rated R movie. Yeah, I, I think like Deadpool, but better is a great great. It's great. It's better than Deadpool. It's better I than the other Suicide Squad. I thought this was better than the Deadpool movies, but I've also been on the record saying that I think the Deadpool movies are kind of overrated. So um, I enjoy them just fine, but I but like I, I like the them. Deadpool movies a lot. Uh, and I do think that I like them better than this. I uh, think I like this more than Deadpool, but I love the Deadpool movies. And in a dream world, we would see a movie where Josh Brolin's Cable teleports Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool to the wrong universe instead of the wrong timeline, and then we get to see Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn and Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool killing bad guys together. Uh, with Josh Brolin as a supporting character, that would be fucking hilarious. Side by side with Green Lantern. Every no, God no. <laughs> Everyone. Gonna, I just did a quick Google search of R-rated superhero movies for what came out, and I Watchmen is one. Watchmen. Yes. Watchmen's great. I would say there, since there's not that many to choose from, there are. I'd say Logan might be better than. The Suicide Squad, but the Suicide Squad is probably you know it's better than all the other ones. I'm saying it's better than I liked it better than Watchmen. I like it better than the Deadpool movies. I like it better than Zack Snyder's Justice League cut because that's technically R rated too. I think it's better than all those. But again, it's like it's slim pickings as far as what they it are. Is, it's slim pickings. You're right, and but but rated R comic book movies and content are a way of the future. They're not going anywhere. Uh, they're a pretty big successful hit and. I, I would say this is one of the good ones. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the Suicide Squad does. Obviously, it's on HBO Max, so people can watch it at home. As far as in theaters, I haven't tracked what how it's doing at the box office. Yeah. But I know that it's hitting on a weekend where we're in the middle of COVID surging again. So I don't know if that's going to affect the box office and how well it does or if it underperforms financially. But, but I do think this is the type of movie that people will subscribe to HBO Max to see. Um, I think it's definitely worth the price of admission. I think it's great that the Suicide Squad is available on HBO Max at no additional cost. I think that's really cool. Um, 
And yeah, I would definitely rank this up there in those rated R superhero movies for sure. I loved Logan. I loved Watchmen. I loved, sounds like I loved every R-rated superhero movie just about. Uh, But this is definitely in the upper echelon of that. Uh, It might be between the two Deadpool movies for me. I think Logan's at the top. Uh, I agree with that. That movie was great. Yeah, and Logan has a lot of depth to it. It's been a while since I've seen it. Yeah, it was like dramatically good. Like it was well written. It was so good. It was so good. Go see if you haven't. You're crazy. What's wrong with you? Um, Check out this segue. You're going to like this one. Speaking of dramatically good and things that are on HBO Max, I recently watched the first episode of Ted Lasso. That's not on HBO Max. Is Oh, no, Super you're right. Nice. It's not on HBO Max. That's I had to get your TV. Apple TV. Well, fuck my segue, oh, then. Since it was a bad oh. segue, let me real quick mention. Uh, yeah, man. What did you think about Thinker? Uh who was played by one of the former doctors uh, from Doctor? Oh, Who. I thought he was fine. <laughs> I thought he was fine. Exactly. Oh yeah, he was fine. fine. Like he I, I feel like he me. didn't really do anything except uh, like have a couple of like low hanging fruit laughs about him being like sexually weird. He's kind of a MacGuffin of a character. Like his whole role is for them to find him and then him get them into the. Uh, place so sure. but the design um, was good he had a funny looking head with his little metal <laughs> you see him get torn in, you see him get torn in half by starro oh yeah you guys see king shark tear that guy in half in the rain yes yeah does all right just, just that movie's violent bro that movie's oh, great. oh remember when the doctor got torn in half and then thrown against the window and yes. then there was people meats all over the window yeah, he just splatted across uh, it was great i loved uh for gore scenes, my favorite was when King Shark ate that guy's head, and the head was still looking around while it was in his mouth. That was awesome. That was awesome. I had to look away during some of the gore. That's a PTSD warning for you listeners out there. This definitely PTSD war- uh, warning. Definitely. There's so here, a, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, oh, sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt your PTSD warning. <laughs> that is important. Oh, that's it. I was gonna start to segue, and and I'll segue to Ted Lasso, but I'll say I'll say it in this way because it's pretty much the opposite. Like obviously, Suicide Squad is super violent and R-rated, and Ted Lasso is super super wholesome content. And uh, I have actually I'm up to date on the show. I've seen all the first season and all of the new episodes of the season two that have come out. But Gary just uh, introduced got introduced to the show I think within the past couple days. So Gary, what did you, what did you think of Ted Lasso? So How far I, are you into it? I got, I think, maybe maybe three, maybe four. Definitely three and maybe four episodes in. I came downstairs, or I was downstairs. I watched the pilot. It was so fucking good. I started watching the first episode of Mythic Quest. Actually, I finished the first episode of Mythic Quest. It was terrible. Uh, that's Rob McElhenney's show, and I love uh, Rob McElhenney, but maybe that show would get better if I keep watching it. But then Justin came downstairs and I said to Justin, have you seen Ted Lasso? And he said, no. And so then I watched the pilot again, almost back to back, because the show is that fucking good. Uh, It's funny. It's wholesome. It's sad. It tugs at the heartstrings. Uh, There's some stuff going on with is I'm early on and uh, there's some stuff going on with his personal relationship. And he's always a very nice and supportive guy. And then kind of behind the scenes, you see how hard it is 
you know, for everyone. It's not just hard when you're a nice, supportive guy. Everyone has trouble behind the scenes, and so does he. He doesn't have this perfect life. And he's very nice and supportive and kind to everyone he meets. But they didn't make him a dumb fucking simpleton character. Stuff doesn't go over his head. He hears it. He understands it. He gets what you're saying to him. He's just being friendly and supportive back to you. And he's just trying to make sure everyone around him is the best version of themselves they can possibly be. What a fucking great show. You definitely... um... Or I should say, Roy Kent has some Gary energy in the show. Is, is that uh, Coach Roy Kent? Oh yeah, yeah. He's the the ca- captain of the team who's like the in the in the first season. Yeah, he's he's kind of like the older player who's the, mm-hmm. like a veteran who's very, you know very renowned player. I'm loving the uh, a lot. <laughs> I'm loving the Coach Beard energy. Coach Beard yeah, makes got, me laugh. You're like all a mixture of the time. two. I I love Coach Beard. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. So actually that show, so we're, you know, the Emmy nominations just came out here recently. And Ted Lasso, I I believe the stats correct, got more not is the most nominations for a freshman comedy series. Like basically got the most nominations for a comedy in its first season. I think ever. It got a ton and the amount of acting uh Emmy nominations that it got is nuts because obviously Jason Sudeikis got for for best actor in a comedy, and then best supporting actress. I don't have the all the actors' names, but I know all their character names. Um, Rebecca the... Walton and Keely, so the team owner. Yeah, Keely. I was going to say, is it the Keely. British girl? But everyone is. So I guess that's the premise of the show too. For those of you who don't know, is he is a college an uh, NFL uh, football American football college coach. Uh, he joined a shit program, and the team won uh, a boat. They won a championship. And so then he gets picked up by a premier British football, English football club and moves there, transplants his life, and is now coaching uh, soccer for the first time in his life and knows nothing about soccer. But his coaching uh, approach and strategy is just making people be a better version of themselves. And so he doesn't know anything about soccer. He's trying to learn, but he's just a guy, right? He's just learning like a regular guy does. Yeah. So it's it's very much fish out of water uh, in England. And it's this southern, very friendly southern American. It's everyone's constantly calling him a wanker and making fun of him. Lots of good British com- English comedy mixed in with American comedy. It does, uh, it does look taken good. extremely seriously there, too. And this American comes over to coach and... <laughs> it's not about wins and losses. It's just all about making sure everyone's out there being the best version of themselves every week. No, it definitely sounds good, and I do love Jason's Sudeikis. So do you, uh, Apple, the Apple TV for the longest time, Apple TV app was not on Xbox, and so I didn't really mess with it because I didn't have a Roku stick, and I wasn't going to go mess with all that. Uh, now... It is. Now there's an app on Xbox, so if you know anybody with Apple TV, reach out to them. I think you can have a couple of different logins and watch that show, man. Uh, it's definitely, it's gold. It's golden, man. That show is great. I got. I can't say enough about it. It was a good week for shows for me. <laughs> I'll say this, too, about it. The last thing I'll say about it, and we can move on, is that, um, you know, I watched the first season after the whole first season had come out, so I was able to binge the first season. The second season is currently airing. And um, at the time of this recording, there are three episodes of season two that are out and it is they're released episodically or weekly. So it's one episode per week. 
and I was a little bit worried because I loved the first season so much, but it was it worked so well, at, you know, being able to binge it. I was like, oh man, I don't know if it's going to work as well watching week to week. And so far for season two, each episode has stood on its own very well. It's been very enjoyable and each episode has its own moments enough to justify it being kind of, you know, justifying a, like a water cooler discussion about each episode. So I hope you get caught up soon because it'll be a good one to talk about. I was definitely, when, when I first started watching Ted Lasso, you figure out who the the first episode, right? You figure out who the good guys are and the bad guys are. And you figure out what the plot of the show is. But then that's not necessarily the case, right? You start to like some of the characters that you didn't like. Everyone starts to kind of grow on you because of the Ted Lasso effect. <laughs> He's just... He, the the show is not what you expect just because uh, it just... You start to like characters you never thought you were going to like because Ted Lasso starts to like them and they can't help but like Ted Lasso. Uh, and people got to do what they're going to do, right? But good show. Yeah, he says... In, I think he says in the first episode when he first meets people and they... You know, he doesn't get the most warm reception. He goes, well, just wait till we win him over. And throughout watching the show, he he wins people over and wins you over as a viewer. Like I'm I'm so into that show. It's it's legitimately. This is going to sound like hyperbole, but it's legitimately one of the best shows of the past decade, maybe that I've yeah. watched. Oh yeah, that I, hmm, that's high praise. Just, like watching the first season, I, I'm like, this might be in my top five TV shows of all time. That's how how highly I think of it. I really really enjoy it. Um, so, uh, so that's Ted Lasso. I'll talk about a couple other, uh, movies that I watched here recently, and I'll go through those pretty quick. Um, I watched Vivo. This is a new movie on Netflix that stars, or excuse me, I should say features the voice of Lin-Manuel Miranda. So he, uh... Oh! I have a huge man crush on Lin-Manuel Miranda. Well, then you should, you should watch this. It's an animated movie where he, um... He basically is is in. I'm trying to think of the right way. To, he he voices like a monkey type creature, but it's not not a monkey. It has a specific name, and I should have this up in front of me. I think they referred to him as a honey bear, but that's not the proper name for it. But um, mm, he's cute. Yeah, yeah I, got, yeah, I got it up. People can see. Uh, yeah, he's he is he's a cute. he's a kinkajou. Is what they is what they call it. Pikachu, Pikachu which is a tropical rainforest mammal. <laughs> so it kind of looks like a monkey. But anyway, he uh, is in Havana, Cuba, and it becomes kind of a, a travel movie where he travels with this young girl to to Florida, and he's got his mission. But it's it's a musical, so it has songs by Lin Manuel Miranda throughout. I'd say the movie itself is not. The greatest, like, it's fine. It's a fine animated movie, but the songs in it are legitimately good. It's worth watching for the, the music, especially if you're a fan of Lin-Manuel Miranda and you like his kind of rap-infused style of music. It's worth watching for, for that, because there's some bangers in the, in the in the movie. I thought the music was good. So, Lin-Manuel Miranda and his friends growing up did uh, competitive stage improv and songs and singing, and they're they basically did their own version of like comedy sports type stuff. And there is a, a documentary on Hulu about it. And it's whatever the name of their group is. And I loved watching it. It reminded me of the Von Fat stuff we did growing up and the improv comedy troops that we were part of. 
and seeing him and his friends being part of that type of thing their whole lives and then reach this modicum of success where now they're doing it and making a bunch of money off of it because when Manuel Miranda is a household name, now they can perform off-Broadway and sell the place out. And it's just cool to see that they've come that far as friends playing around having fun on a stage. The success of Hamilton is definitely given Lin Manuel Miranda a blank check to basically That's, do whatever he wants. Yeah, that was big. That was like, big. Uh, it's called "We Are Freestyle Love Supreme." Yes, yes, it is. So yeah, that's what the documentary is called. We are freestyle love supreme. So anyway, that's that's Vivo. So yeah, Gary, if you're a fan of Lin Manuel Miranda, it's on Netflix. I watched it, you know, while playing with my daughter this morning, and it was and it was fine. It was a good movie to watch in in that regard. So, um, so that, and then I also watched. So on Amazon Prime, on Prime Video, there is a new documentary called Val that is all about Val Kilmer, and it is, um, it's basically Val Kilmer. Always was like a video camera enthusiast. I guess is the best way to put. It. Like he always had a video camera. Before they were even a thing that most people had. And he filmed all the time. He filmed behind the scenes of the movies he was on. He filmed home videos with his family. He filmed everything. Hmm. And now, um, you know, he had a, a battle with um, throat cancer that has left him basically unable to talk. Ooh. And so now he's making this. He's he's participated in this documentary and that uses all his footage that looks back at his life and career. Um, it's really interesting because I think you know we think of Val Kilmer as Iceman from Top Gun or for, as Doc Holliday from Tombstone, you know that kind of stuff. But he's a Juilliard Batman. trained actor. Yeah, Batman. He's a Juilliard trained actor who took his craft extremely seriously. And he's I've one of those heard people... that he can be kind of much to deal with on set. And he addresses that in the movie, and, and he owns that, and he's just, he took it very seriously. He he was a, a serious actor, but he even says in it, you know, he got offered the role of Batman, and you don't say no to playing Batman, and then he did it, and the suit was so uncomfortable, he couldn't move, he couldn't even act in it, and then he realized that his whole role at that point was just to show up and stand where they told him to and say his lines in the Batman costume, and that's all he could do. So he even, you know, he talks about it pretty openly, and when he can, his son actually does a lot of the narration for for the movie because uh, you know Val Kilmer he can't talk without plugging his throat and speaking. Um, it's it's hard. He it, it, you know it's it's hard to to see what he's going through. But he even says in it he's like people see how I talk and how I am now and they it looks much worse than I feel because he feels fine. But at the same time you know he can't act. He can't do all those things anymore. Um, but yeah, so it's it's a it's a pretty good pretty good watch if you just want to see you know some more about his career i think it gives you some appreciation of it but that's uh, i think i would watch that that's on amazon Uh, prime right yep it's on amazon prime uh so if you if you are a uh prime member and you have prime video it's on there as part of their streaming library um it's not the best documentary i've ever seen but it definitely gives you some appreciation i think for val kilmer he's definitely a weird dude he's he's a (laughs) He is a theater kid at heart. You know, he's like yeah. very, um, you know, uh, spontaneous and random and out there. But uh, it, which is interesting because he plays a lot of cool guy personas in movies like Heat and uh, and Tombstone and and Top Gun. But he's he's pretty, pretty out there, dude. Uh, but it's good. It's good. That sounds cool. Yeah, I was. Well, I think Val Kilmer, I think Batman, because that was around the age 
<laughs> when I got my Batman, you know? Yeah. I am uh, I'm a Tombstone guy, man. Val Kilmer is Doc Holliday to me. Interesting. But you're right, Drew. Everyone has one, and mine is, without a doubt, Tombstone. Doc Holliday. Right. Everybody has a Kilmer. Uh, where does that leave us next? Um, I'll talk about one more thing, and then I'll kick it over to y'all, because I wanted to talk about Brendan Fraser. And... <laughs> fuck Brendan Fraser. <laughs> what the fuck? The reason that I wanted to talk about it is obviously for us, you know, in, in the nineties and everything, like he was a pretty big bankable movie star, you know, in the, in the mummy movies and, and things like that. And then he just kind of disappeared and he's still been acting, but he just hasn't been the, you know, he was a pretty big movie star at the time. He just recently was in a movie. I talked about it a couple weeks ago called no sudden move. That's a Steven Soderbergh movie on HBO max. Brendan Fraser's in it. He, and he's coming back. He's he just got cast in. Uh, it was announced that he's going to be joining Martin Scorsese's movie that he's currently filming called Killers of the Flower Moon. That has Leonardo DiCaprio and Jesse Plemons and and Robert De Niro and now Brendan Fraser's joining that cast. And obviously it's Martin Scorsese, who um, hot take, pretty good director. And um, <laughs> Brendan Fraser has also been cast in Darren Aronofsky's uh, upcoming movie, which. Darren Aronofsky, you know, who did does a lot of um, art, you know, art piece movies like uh, he did Black Swan and he did most recently uh, Mother. He did The Wrestler, The Fountain, Requiem for a Dream, you know, uh, does a lot of very interesting movies. And his next movie is called The Whale. And it's about a 600 pound middle aged man who tries to reconnect with his 17 year old daughter. And Brendan Fraser is playing the lead in that movie. So Brendan Fraser just worked with Steven Soderbergh, going to be in the next Martin Scorsese movie, going to be the next Darren Aronofsky movie. Definitely seems like he's having a bit of a career comeback. And so I wanted to see where y'all were at with, with Brendan Fraser. I know where I'm at. I'm in Doom Patrol. Fuck Doom Patrol. That show sucked. Brendan Fraser sucked. Good lord. <laughs> I like Doom Patrol. I, I must be on crazy pills. That show was dog shit, and Brendan Fraser has never been good. He wasn't good in The Mummy or The Second <laughs> Mummy, and he was dog shit in Monkey Bone. Brendan Fraser was terrible in Encino Man. He just fucking sucks, man. He always sucked. He will always suck. He I, fucking His breakout role was Encino Man, where he yeah. played a... A, a, a caveman <laughs> caveman and that was the best role for him because he is as fucking likable as an ancient stupid fucking cave person god i hate brendan fridge <laughs> uh there's a there's a hot take for you from uh gary jesus uh i think that no george of the jungle nostalgia georgia are you i know george, you're fucking george, george of the jungle friend you and me Yes, another dog shit Brendan Fraser movie. That's right. Keep naming them. Journey uh, to the Center of the Earth. Fucking no G.I. No one is going to defend Journey to the Center of the Earth. No one's. No one should be defending this actor, but no, I'm no, going to no. have to listen I, to the two of you defend him for I the next five minutes. I absolutely disagree. The Mummy was great. The Mummy Returns was great. The third uh, Mummy movie sucked a bit, but hey, it was watchable. The first two are... Cinema magic. How the first mummy is is dare fantastic, you. especially. How dare you? But no, I, I like them. Brendan Fraser. Uh, I mean, you you can hate him. That's fine. But yeah, Monkey Bone was trash. from the past. 
No. Where he grows up living yeah. in the like, I saw Blast in the past. Yeah, he thinks he lives in the 50s the whole time, and he's living with his family in the fallout shelter. Yeah, guess what? Movie's fine. Brendan Fraser fucking sucks. He overdoes it. He fucking cheeses it up. Fucking Brendan Fraser. <laughs> I, I am a huge fan of the Mummy movies. I love them. And I love Brendan Fraser. I've always liked him. I like Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol was good. Um, it was definitely interesting, and it was very different from a lot of the other uh, stuff that got crapped out during the uh, superhero craze that we're still in the midst of. It was very different. They like to use, much like Suicide Squad, they like to use the lesser-known, more obscure characters uh, and throw them against some pretty odd villains and situations, some of which get so abstract. Uh, but I really do enjoy the space that they explore in that show. Like, the ideas are weird, and you don't get that a lot. A lot of times people play it safe, and, you know, there's a bank robber, a murderer, or somebody with a weapon of mass destruction. Uh, that's not the case in Doom Patrol. It's very weird. They're almost fighting ideas. Uh, Brendan Fraser plays, uh, like, a robot in that movie. His He was a race car driver whose brain uh, is all that survives, like, a car crash. Uh, and then this guy puts him in a robot. But I, I like Brendan Fraser. And I'm excited like to it. see these two movies that you were talking about. I like about. him, too, for the most part. But I, I definitely... I, I knew Gary's opinions before, but with him having this resurgence, that's par part of the reason I wanted to bring it up is just so I could hear Gary guys, going to Brendan Fraser. You fucking guys going to defend Dudley Do-Right also? You remember that piece of shit where he was wearing a Mountie outfit sitting backwards on a horse? I'm not going to defend every every bad movie. You shouldn't be able to defend most of his movies because most of his catalog is awful. But that's all this all the, you need is the mummy and the mummy returns. It's all you need. Elizabeth Hurley is fine. Oh yeah, that movie Bedazzled. Uh, Bedazzled. She is also Oh no, she's not in Doom Patrol. She was in uh The Runaways. That's right. But yeah, no, she Yeah, that was I like that movie too. That movie was pretty funny. Another another right, good one from Brendan Fraser, actually, yeah. Negative. Those were my uh, certified fresh out the podcast takes, and I'll pass it to y'all for your for your <laughs> takes. <laughs> that was not fresh. Brendan Fraser is not <laughs> certified fresh. I want to make that fucking abundantly clear right now. Uh, oh boy, oh that's funny. No nah, man, I like it when you hate stuff so much. Because <laughs> there comes a point when an opinion just like it goes. You over gotta this have cliff. your friend. Where it's you gotta have your friend like that that you you love how much they hate things. He so. is just awful. Brendan Fraser is so fucking bad. Any <laughs> anyone could have been in the Mummy movies and they would have been better, except for Tom Cruise. We all saw how that went. I like how the one time it wasn't Brendan Fraser, it was worse, and you're still gonna shit on him. But anyways, yeah. no, we could so we could move on. Uh, so that's most of the like movie and TV stuff we wanted to talk about. Um, Next, I would like to talk about some exciting board game releases coming up. I am very excited for several of these. Um, so one of the games, I, I, this was a big surprise for me, uh, is Marvel Villainous uh, is finally getting an expansion. Uh, they have the Disney Villainous games where you play as Disney villains. Uh, and you're trying to compete your objectives against other villains who are and you're pitting their heroes against them that kind of thing um 
And it's just, it's very fun. And then they did a Marvel one, and I bought that. And after I got it, I was kind of upset that I got it because, like, I didn't think they were going to support it in the same way they did the uh, the Disney one. I didn't think they were going to come out with any expansions for it. But I was wrong. They are coming out with another standalone expansion, so it's got three villains in it, and you can play it without the base game. Uh, and the, the villains are, I believe, Loki, Modok, and Madam Mask. Uh, apparently, Loki was the most requested uh, villain that they've had. And then Modok, I'm pretty excited for. I don't know Madame Mask. Uh, they do say in when they're describing it that she's like a deep pull from deep within the comics, which they also like to throw in. I'm very excited for she that. Wears, I think she's Hydra and she wears a mask. That's, <laughs> that, that's, that's all I got. That makes sense. Uh, but yeah, uh, Gary actually played the uh, base game with me not that long ago, and he seemed to like it. I did like it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I was Thanos. That was a good time. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And this new game looks to be a continuation of that good times. Um, I do like the villainous franchise. The other... Oh, yeah. Horrified. So if you've ever played uh, Horrified, it is a board game. It's very popular. Um, and... It was it was kind of a huge like out of nowhere hit. It is from Ravensburg Games. They also make Villainous, which is funny enough. They're a production company uh, that makes a lot of games, and they they deal with a lot of the Disney franchise. But this one is uh, I can't find the picture of the new one. But Horrified had the Universal monsters: Dracula, the Mummy, Frankenstein. Um, Frankenstein's monster, sorry. Bride of Frankenstein, uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. It had all those guys, Wolfman. Uh, and you go through this village co- cooperatively with your other players, and you're trying to stop multiple of these monsters at a time. The new game um, is called Horrified American Monsters, and it has mostly American, like, cryptics. It has, or cryptids, sorry. Uh, like the Jersey Devil... Okay. Uh, the Badland like Banshee, the Mothman. Uh, Any Bigfoot? Bigfoot, yes. Bigfoot was there. Chupa, about Chupacabra. Chupacabra. I was, I, I was going to say Wendigo. Uh, I don't think Wendigo is one of them. Uh, it sounds like they went with Chupacabra instead of Wendigo. Yeah. Um, uh, that's fine. Man, it, it looks great. So, it's a, yeah, it's an American cryptid version of this game. It looks like a lot of fun. Uh and that one is supposed to come out in October, just in time for Halloween. I'll probably be picking it up. Uh, and that also comes out at a similar time, also in October. Also Ravensburg Games. I think everything I'm talking about today is Ravensburg. They make yeah. a lot of games. Uh, but they're also making something called Echoes, an audio mystery game that is also going to be um, available in October. And it's like a narrative game... Um, that has a app. It's going to have an app support, uh, which I do enjoy games that have app support. Oh, wow. That picture has Echoes and uh, the horrified game I was talking about. But yeah, it's like a mystery just in time. These are both supposed to be kind of spooky themed just in time for Halloween. Um, And that one sounds fun. It's a mystery. You're going to be led through this mystery by an app uh, with narration. And it's going to be, it sounds very fun. 
Yeah, that seems like a lot of fun. That seems like a fun Halloween party. No, I'm prob- I'm definitely going to get horrified. I'm definitely getting horrified. It looks so good. I'm so excited. Uh, I might pick up Echoes. I'm not sure. I have a lot of games, and I don't have a lot of money. <laughs> Echoes is the one with the app that leads you through the adventure, right? Yes. Bro, that would be such a fun Halloween party. It would be, and I might do it just for that. Maybe we can like broadcast or something. I'll I'll host it if you guys want to come over. <laughs> we can do we can do costumes and Halloween shiznit. We can get cameras set up and room mics set up. That's not a problem. Uh, and then the other thing that it was a game that I did not know was coming out. Uh, it was kind of a surprise, but it's already out. It came out August first. Gargoyles Awakening. Uh, I believe it's also Ravensburg Games, and you play through uh, a Gargoyles-themed uh, world where you're fighting against Xanatos and Demona. Like the cartoon? Yeah, the cartoon. Okay. The cartoon, Hot Fire, Hot Fire, Hot Fire. And it, it looks very much in the same vein, if you're familiar with uh, like the Batman games that they have, uh, the... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the Power Rangers kind of Battle for the Grid style game it has the miniatures in it. It has uh, like 3D city elements, and you're going to be traversing the city and doing very themed kind Hell of yeah. stuff. Uh, and that sounds like a lot of fun. If you haven't rewatched Gargoyles since the 90s or since you were a kid, there you just watch like rewatch the first episode. It's on Disney Plus now. It is. You don't have to keep watching the show. It did age. It's from the 90s. But it's fucking cool. I've like, rewatched it several times, actually. It's way cooler than I remember it being. The I'm a, setting I'm a is cool. Fan. Voice acting is awesome. Like, there are some legendary, legendary voice actors in that show. And it was just kind of one of those shows that skated by during our childhood. And it is absolutely awesome. So, actually, funny. Uh, so, the reason that it got... Um, canceled uh i might i might be wrong i i feel like i remember reading this um it was because it was having trouble airing during the same time as i believe the oj simpson trials and so like people just weren't watching it because that was like overriding the uh the show uh and so it just kind of got canceled and it's unfortunate it did not deserve to be canceled i thought it was i love that in Maybe this is just me misremembering my life, but at the time that that show was really popular in my life, there was like a big Christian white woman sweep going on where Disney was getting really, really family friendly and really Christian. And they were going to a lot of live action TV shows and they were scrapping some of the cartoons. And so I always just chalked it up to flying demons, not really being the Disney brand at the time. (laughs) Maybe, maybe I always thought it'd be a really cool uh, TTRPG tabletop role-playing game i thought that would be fun you could play humans or you could play because they have humans they have uh gargoyles i think they have the third kind which is like the fey uh and so you could have lots of different stuff going on with that i think but yeah that was all my uh certified fresh news here i I thought all of my certified fresh news was going to be video game news this week but I just read that Trevor Moore died, and that sucks. And I just want to take a moment to say that sucks. He is the lead, the creator of Whitest Kids You Know. He's only 41 years oh, old. No. Uh, they said he died from an unspecified accident at this time. It's August 7th, so maybe we'll figure out some more. He died yesterday. And Damn. I love Trevor Moore. I love his comedy. I love his stylings. I loved Whitest Kids You Know. 
Uh, that sucks. Huge loss for the comedy world. There, he's uh, he's one I of the greats. The whitest kids you know. Yeah, man, he's one of the greats. He just didn't. I don't think he got his time in the limelight, but he was absolutely something else. He was fucking. He had that. He had that it factor. Um. So that's not video game news. I'll move on to happier news. That sucks, and I'm sorry, and my heart goes out to them. Um, Rest in peace. That's too bad. And I, I've watched. I remember it. You know, when Whitest Kids You Know was, was popular and the clips would get circulated just like SNL clips or anything else do now. And uh, they were they were funny. They had good stuff. When they made Miss March, Thomas and I went to a pre-screening at the Edwards Marquee in West Houston. And Trevor Moore and the other director were there. In person, we got to meet them and tell them how great their movie was to their face and how much we liked it and how funny it was. And uh, so I got to meet him. I got, at least I got to meet the guy. Loved him. Cool. Um, back to games. Splitgate, I've talked about last time. I want to talk about Splitgate again. They got an ass ton of money. They got servers upgraded. I don't know if they have more server space now or if the mad rush of players trying to get in all at once has finally faded away so that their gamer base is more uh, fluid, more, it, more it stable. It really seems like they got their server situation in line. Either way, it's one of those two, and we used to have to wait 20 minutes to get into our servers, and now we're waiting like five or six minutes. Jahan and I were able to play last night. We we played for hours. It's Halo 3 mixed with Portal. I don't know how to put that more clearly. Instead of the That's hammer... Super fun. Yeah, man. Instead Very of the hammer, fun. they have a baseball bat that lunges just like the hammer. The battle rifle is still a three-shot burst. The, the assault rifle is so similar. The carbine is so similar. The sniper rifle still has the big exhaust trail. It's still the same sniper rifle. Um, it's it, SWAT is a game type. Oddball is a game type. Like it's Halo. Uh, they they are so aware that I they're like Halo. to mention teabag confirmed. Uh, this actually started an interesting conversation with me and Gary. Uh, but so you've played Kill Confirmed. You have to go pick up the dog tags of the person you killed for its account. This one you have to stand over them and crouch rapidly to teabag them in order for your kill to count. And it's hilarious. Uh, and during that game, we started talking and I was like, hey, I, someone should give them like an innovative game mode award. And then Gary was like, what about us? Why don't we give it to them? Uh, and so I actually, we were actually talking about starting to do an award show and we want to do it at the end of the year. And we don't know specifics, but we do want to do a fresh out the box uh, award show later in the year. So, in a, in a nutshell, Splitgate, it's free. It's not beta. It's not early access. Well, it is beta and it is early access, but it's free. It's also free. I didn't have to pay anything. I didn't have to pre order, I guess is oh, what I meant to completely say. Completely free. Uh, go download it. Play this game. Uh, portal plus a shooter. You can snipe through your portals. You can jump through enemy portals, but you don't have vision, so you don't never know what you're getting yourself into. Uh, it's very great. It's very fun time. Next, I have Monster Train First Class, which is coming to the Switch. I'm a huge Monster Train fan. Everybody should know this by now. Um, First Class is just all the Monster Train DLC all rolled into one, since it's taking so long to come into Switch. Uh, you're getting all the access at once instead of buying the game and then spending the $10 for the DLC. It's just everything at once. I love it. I don't know how to sell you on Monster Train if you've never played, if you're like a guy who plays shooters or adventure games, yeah. this is not that. 
This, but if you played the uh, the big time hit Slay the Spire, this is very much in that same vein. It is a roguelike deck builder, uh, which actually that's starting. It's a growing genre that was started by Slay the Spire, and uh, Gary says he likes Monster Train better than Slay the Spire. I still think I like Slay the Spire better, but Monster Train was great, and it's very different from Slay the Spire. Completely different, really. Um, and it's very fun. You can just do run playthrough after playthrough, uh, and it doesn't really get old. You can try new combos. It's very cool. Very uh, unique game. When you play a game like this, you're not picking your favorite weapon when you come out of the gate. You are getting random upgrades and random power-ups, and you have to pick one of three random cards whenever you complete battles. So your strategy changes, your deck changes, your ability changes, and everything you do is different every time. I love it. I can't recommend it enough. It's free on Game Pass, but it's coming to Switch for the rest of you guys who don't have Game Pass. Also on the Game Pass front is uh, they had some releases that didn't matter. They had some releases that did matter. I'm fucking with Katamari again. Uh, Katamari <laughs> is my jam. I so love I, me some Katamari. It's funny that you say that. The first time I ever saw a Katamari game, you were playing it. We were at a, like a 4th of July party at Chad's house. I have a friend named Chad whose name isn't Chad. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned that during the last stream. <laughs> but we were at Chad's house and you played it all night. And the rest of us were doing Round Robin Counter-Strike 1.5 and we were just trading out on the chair and you were just playing Katamari all night. I'm and pretty sure I beat that entire game in one sitting that you night. You did. I watched you beat it. I didn't get to play it because you were playing it all night. Uh, and I always wanted to play Katamari straight up. <laughs> I looked for it like a year and a half ago on Xbox. I was going to buy it if it was like three bucks, you know, but it wasn't there. There was not a Katamari game. And I was like, well, fuck me. Like, I guess I'm just not playing Katamari. Um, come to find out now it's on Game Pass. It's there for free. I've been playing it. It's it yeah, is my, very fun. My older brother. I think it's a really remaster of I think it's a remaster of the original. I think it is. What, I think it so, is. Yeah. so it still has it looks a little bit cleaned up compared to the original, but it still has like the the awful save screens where, like, you have to go back to the planet. It doesn't auto-save. You have to go back to the planet, choose the house, go to your save file, click save, wait for it to load, then you save. Then it says, do you want to quit the game instead of just, you know, map, map, map. So there's a, there's some old relics of old games in the past that are sneaking through. There's a screaming alarm that goes off the last 30 seconds of every map. You can't press pause and go to options and go to audio and turn it off. It's not an option. Uh <laughs> So there, there are some things there that leave some be desired because it's an older game. But Katamari is great. Give it a shot. It's fun. Free on game it's pass. silly. Free on Game Pass. What an absolutely just bizarre concept and game that I'm just so <laughs> happy that it exists. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're a little tiny little guy and you go around rolling up trash to make stars. Yep. Yeah, you roll <laughs> up trash and the ball gets bigger and bigger and until you're rolling up entire buildings and yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. Um, Pokemon Unite. That's a thing that's still happening. People are liking Pokemon Unite. It's for Switch. It is a MOBA, uh, much in the form of League of Legends. In fact, I think it's made by Tencent, which are the people who own League of Legends now. So it feels to me like a League of Legends light. Uh, League of Legends it for is. kids. It is League of Legends light. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong it's, with it. It's really accessible way to get into MOBAs if, uh, you know, League is very fucking overwhelming these days. There's almost 200 characters. <laughs> yeah. 
all these different items. And this game just doesn't have a lot of those things to slow you down. Uh, one small complaint yeah. about that game is that you can surrender, that surrendering is even an option. Yeah, the matches uh, are only 10 minutes. I don't understand why you need a surrender option. It exists in um, League because those games could be like an hour. Uh, and in League, you weren't even allowed to surrender until the 20-minute mark. Yeah. And they just, just recently changed that to like the 15-minute mark. And so yeah, this so why game... why can you surrender in a 10-minute game? It's kind of ridiculous. Um, right. But so I mean, that's one of the few complaints. I like the roster, the the Pokemon they have. You know, g- great ones like uh, Gengar, uh, Cinderace, Mister Mime, uh, Snorlax, Charizard, oh, Venusaur. Hell yeah, Mister Mime! Yeah, oh, man, that'd be rocking Mister Mime every time. <laughs> so I played one as Charmander, and uh-huh. it's dope because you 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 evolve during the you game as you evolve. level up, and so cool. like you're Charmander, and then you're Charmeleon, and then now you're Charizard, yeah. and. It's dope. It's they they do the thing. Like yeah. that was one of my when I first saw it, I was like, "Do you evolve?" And Justin's you like, evolve. "Yeah, you evolve." Like, yeah. okay, well, you did that right. You definitely need to evolve. And Fuck so you, yeah, you evolve. Uh, you get to choose between. So you have two moves that you can do and a basic attack. Uh, you get to choose those two moves between two moves. So uh, each each uh, button has two different moves that you can pick from, and you can kind of choose your loadout. Uh, and the only items that are in the game are items that you, like, put on before the match. You don't have to, like, do a build during the game. Um, and it's, I, I think it's fun that, you know, they even, they still have a red buff and a blue buff, just like in League. They still have, uh, neutral boss monsters like Zapdos. Uh, if you kill Zapdos, you can just slam dunk on people's bases. Um, and I, I think it's fun. Uh, definitely have some frustrations when I'm playing ranked with people that probably shouldn't be playing ranked. <laughs> but other than that, uh, I, I have a great time with this game. I do. It's free. It's, it snuck up on me. I hadn't followed any of it. And then all of a sudden it was out and I feel like everybody on my Switch friends list was playing this. I downloaded it. I haven't played it, but I, st- I have it yeah. on my Switch. If you have a Switch, there's no reason not to give it a try. It is free. And it's a quality game. As far as free games go, man, sometimes you get crap. This is you know, a quality, polished, finished, badass game. And that's an old thing where we used to say, you know, when you're getting free games, you might be getting a crapshoot. You don't know. But nowadays, you're looking at things like League of Legends, one of the most played games in the world. You're looking at Call of Duty Warzone, one of the most played games in the world. Pokemon Unite. And these games are free now. Apex so you, Legends. Uh, Apex Legends. That's right. Fortnite. Great examples. You don't get to make your game worse because it's free anymore. Those days of making a subpar game and making it free and hoping for free people to show up because it's a cheap version of something else. Those days are gone. Um, That's not, that's not something we, you can do. (laughs) You have to make a good fucking product. And I think this good games, uh, this game, I'm probably not the target demo for. It feels like it's for younger folks than me, and I give it. I, I think this game is probably fresh. I think it's fresh out the box. See, it just pushes that nostalgia button anytime I play anything with Pokemon. Just like, haha, joy, like you know. So it's find that Pokemon perfect for somebody like me who League of Legends is just way too mm. complicated for me to try to dive into. So. And it's great for the Pokemon fans who don't want to play Pokemon anymore, but you still want to play with Pokemon. Because we tried playing Pokin and Pokin was terrible. We all know that. Pokin was not great. 
Yeah, Tekken is awesome. Pokken was terrible. <laughs> Pokken had so much potential, but yeah, this definitely finds that balance of making it uh, more kid-friendly, more user-friendly uh, experience with a Pokemon game that isn't crap. It's very... I, I like it. I enjoy playing it. I still play it, and I'm going to continue to play it. In big gaming news this week, the last note that I have is the Back for Blood beta is out. People are playing it now, and they're liking it. I haven't played it. I haven't installed. It's right here on my desktop. I haven't double-clicked it yet. It, to me, it We're looks like to. left looks like left for dead uh you like left for dead i hope so because it looks like left for dead <laughs> yeah it, it's definitely the spiritual successor for left for dead uh they on purpose they do it on purpose um and i am a huge fan of left for dead and left for dead 2 i love them both i played them all the way through i've beaten every level on the hardest setting uh i got all the dlc i went ham i love it and i can't wait to play this hopefully later tonight I I like uh, I like Left 4 Dead enough. I like squad-based games where we're completing a level as a team. I I don't love that it's zombies. I don't love probably I'm probably gonna have to turn it off a few times because of shooting brains and human eyes and stuff with the PTSD yeah. trigger. But uh, I liked I liked the games when we were growing up. I liked the Left 4 Dead games, and I want to play as zombies and kill people with special zombies. I wonder, yeah, I wonder if they have that mode back. I hope so. That was my favorite part. Yeah, and I that hope was a that good that- part. That was a lot of fun. I remember my birthday. Uh, we went over to Alan's house. It was you, Alan, me, and Kayvon. Uh, and we <laughs> did the land party with Left 4 Dead. And we were playing versus each other. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, we beat the dog shit out of those guys. We did. We did beat them. They can't. They can't get along long enough to win a game. Yeah. The really funny thing about when I first met Jahan or re-met Jahan, we started playing games together, and we were playing like we had been playing together for twenty fucking years. Uh, we were immediately on the same page. We had the same strategies. We had each other's backs and callouts, and so. To put Kayvon and Alan into a room where we know they bicker, and then me and Jahan, who were just, we fit like a fucking club when it comes <laughs> we to the stop them, man. It wasn't fair. It wasn't fair from the get-go. One time they didn't get out of the spawn room. That was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to say that uh, that this game, if you like Left 4 Dead, this looks certified fresh. I, uh, yeah. I'll reserve some judgment until it comes out, but the, the beta's here, so let us know what you think. Uh, hashtag us, talk to us. I- I'm on Twitter. I'm at CasualtyCDG. I'm at RockFact. And I am at Drew Munhausen on Twitter. Uh, John, what, what do we do besides fresh out the podcast, John? You know, I'm glad you asked. We do fresh out the box uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. We are a TTRPG tag team duo from hell that loves to impart knowledge upon the masses about tabletop role-playing games uh, from large and small developers alike. Uh, Wednesday, we do our uh, Savage World Deadlands, which is a cowboy meets zombies and monsters and demons kind of TTRPG. Uh, It has that fun, it has that steampunk and that horror element, uh, a lot of cool fear roles, and I really like it. Uh, And then on Thursday, we do Thursdage, uh, where we play the Age System. On, uh, <laughs> I don't know what you do. Here. You're a monster. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the age system. We're playing the Expanse uh, by Green Runner Publishing. It is the same as the show that is on Amazon that has one more season coming. Uh, 
so that game's very fun. It's a space game that's with Leighton, Gary, me, Matt, and uh, Alicia right now. Um, and then on Friday, we do our Freeform Friday where we play board games uh, and games from indie developers uh, when we can get them on the show. So if you're an indie developer, you have a TTRPG, let us know. Reach out to us on Twitter. We'd love to have you. Uh, and also, yeah, follow us on Spotify, Apple, uh, Apple Podcast, YouTube, Twitch, uh, at twitch.tv slash Jahananan, uh, and Facebook at Fresh Out the Box Official. Just, I just want to say for those that were, that were listening, uh, what Jahan <laughs> referred to earlier for what Gary was doing, Gary had three fingers held up on each hand as he was mouthing an O shape. So he was making a wow with his fingers <laughs> and with his mouth. It so was I very distracting. sure that everybody had that visual in their head. Um, what is the, uh, what's the hashtag for the show guys? If uh, people listen all the way to the end of the show, James the rock Johnson, right? No, that was last week. We got to do, do a different one this time. James. Yeah. You would like us to do a different one. Wouldn't you? James uh, the Rock Johnson was was last week. What's the uh, hashtag? I guess fuck Brandon Fraser, right? Oh, yeah, fuck Brandon Fraser. That poor guy. Oh, as long as it's not hashtag Brandon Fraser, we'll be all right. Uh, no, I so hashtag the Mummy is the greatest movie ever made. Uh, oh, hashtag no. No? no, okay. <laughs> hashtag Encino Man was watchable. Encino <laughs> Man was watchable. There you go. Uh. It's... Hashtag Encino Man was watchable. That's that is our hashtag for this episode. If you reach the end, tweet at me and Jahan and Gary and say hashtag Encino Man was watchable. That's a good hashtag. That's quality. Uh, Thank you all for listening. I forgot to say because uh, Gary was doing that weird wow thing with his mouth. We're at eight to eleven Central Standard Time. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for everyone for watching, and we will see you guys uh, next week.